0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ask Alaska, where our Listeners send in questions or ask for advice, and I provide the answers. So our first two questions come to us today from uh, Rono Joy Sen, who is a longtime listener of the podcast. Uh, I believe a Patreon subscriber as well, has been in a lot of our uh, special Patreon events, and he has two questions. The first is, who's a rapper or group that most that I like that most people do not? Hmm. I have a lot of groups that I don't like that most people do, but a group that I like or an artist I like that most people do not. Hmm. I kind of lately, and and it could be because I've just been on like some exercise bike kick and it comes up a lot, but I've really enjoyed some Jaw Rule lately. Um, and I know most people hate Jaw Rule, but I've kind of enjoyed it. You know, it's a little vapid. It's uh, not particularly the most exciting music out there, but something about it is just like, it's perfect background music, and I think I appreciate it a lot more than I should, or definitely a lot more than most people do, because he's he's become very much a punchline, and I think when you look back on his career, um, he had some interesting stuff. It's not great, doesn't stand the test of the time, but I think if you were around for it, then it uh, it kind of hits. You know what I mean? So our next question comes uh, also from uh, Rono Joy. Uh, he wants to know, what is the first thing that I would do if the Jets won the Super Bowl? Well, I have a good test study for this. Um, I've been a lifelong Red Sox fan since I was a little kid. Um, when I was young, I went to um, Cape Cod and the town that I was staying in had one of those Cape Cod summer league teams and Carl Shremsky's son was on the team that was in our town. And I met Carl Shremsky and um, he like signed some shit for me and he became my favorite baseball player. So through that, I became a Red Sox fan. And for those that know the history of the Red Sox, it was a very painful history. Uh, You know, I lived in a family where I had a lot of Mets fans. So in 86, when it looked like we were about to win the world series, I went from full of joy to uh, utterly depressed uh, throughout the, you know, the nineties when the Yankees were dominating the Red Sox, it was always a bit of a heartbreak at the end of the year. Uh, In the 2003 season, when Aaron Boone hit that walk-off home run, uh, I was like depressed for like a month after that. Like I was like live and die with the Red Sox. Uh, and then in 2004, the miracle happened. They came back down 3-0, the first team in baseball history to ever do that, to beat the Yankees, went on to like, I think, either sweep or won the World Series 4-1 against the St. Louis Cardinals. And I cried. Like, I legit cried. It was uh, it was one of those things where it was just like the joy of the moment was overwhelming. And I think it'll be very much the same with the Jets, like, uh, same sort of trajectory, a team that breaks your heart a lot. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm that's going to be my guess. The first thing I do is I will probably cry. I'll think of my friend, uh, Lane who passed away a few years ago. We used to have season tickets. We're really good, uh, friends and very into the Jets and, you know, probably reach out to my dad who's was a Jets fan longer than I've even been alive. So. You know, those would be the, the things that I would do. And then probably very much like the Red Sox, after they win a couple of titles, you start to realize that the joy of winning is not nearly as good as the uh, pain of watching your team lose. Uh, and then you become a fair weather fan because you're like, all right, I've been through it all. I don't really need to suffer anymore. I'm just going to be into this when they're good. And uh, that's the trajectory that I'm looking forward to. So, thanks, uh, thanks, Ron Joy, and uh, appreciate your question. So, our next question actually has a similar um, bent to it, and it comes from um, Pete Bone, six, uh, Pete Bone Seven on Twitter, and he wants to know what are my thoughts on PM Dawn. And this sort of ties out of like a a Twitter conversation that was happening. But I have uh, some thoughts on PM Dawn. PM Dawn to me represents a certain, I don't want to say like, yeah, I will say it it represents like a, a bastardization of rap music in that they don't seem to like rap music they seem to complain about it they seem to be wanting to seen as something more um they're very much like if you watch some of their interviews they're really aloof talking shit all the time they're kind of like on some weird like prototype kanye shit um but like really emotional and emo about it um and they really were like a flash in the pan you know i mean i get it when you hear their music it's kind of like fine but you don't really like that you like the spando ballet song Uh, But you didn't really want to say that because it was a little too European, um, which I think in the 80s was probably code for, um, you know, less than less than masculine. Um, And this gave you an opportunity to like that song back then. Um, And then, you know, they had the whole beef. They got thrown off stage by KRS. They disappeared. One of the dudes is like a pedophile. And. Yeah, I don't really got any love for them. Fuck them. So, those are my thoughts on PM Dawn. So, let's take a, a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And uh, we have a few more questions before we head if out. If you want to win the game, you got to take a good aim and get the most marbles with your hippo. Playing Hungry, Hungry Hippos.
1: Hungry, Hungry Hippos.
0: Hungry, Hungry Hippos is the name of the game. And whosoever hippo gets the most marbles wins.
1: Playing Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Hungry, Hungry Hippos.
0: Hungry, Hungry Hippos from Hasbro. Hey, welcome back. So uh, our next series of questions comes from Colin Shern, who is also a longtime listener. Uh, and he has a few really good questions here that I, I kind of like. So the first one is, what's one thing each member of Wrecking Crew does that you wish that you could do? Uh, or maybe as well as them, it doesn't have to be rap related either. So let's go through the list. First off, we got, I'm going to go alphabetical order. So first off, we got Castro. Castro is a style machine. He um, really finds interesting pockets when he raps. He finds really creative ways of pulling history into songs um, and, you know, sort of, laying a contextual language using the vocabulary and sort of whether it's visual or audio vocabulary of hip hop, you have to be a historian to really understand it. Uh, and he does it at a really high level that I'm very envious of a lot. Like, I, th- I think I do it. Okay. But you know, then it's like, you hear Castro and it's like, fuck that dude really is just, he's on one. And I, I really, I really envy that. Uh, next up would be Prem. And for Prem, uh, the thing that I really admire about Prem is his experimental um, aspect to his music. Um, he does things that I wish I had the guts to do. Um, his creativity, like especially with like the jazz record he just put out, was really cool. And he has really, really cool rock references. Um, I really admire his rock references. Like those are the things that always get me like first when I listen to Prem, uh, for small pro, you know, I can't produce and I really do wish I could produce. And he is an amazing producer and one of the best in the game. And I wish I had, uh, an eighth of his skill. Uh, and finally Zilla, Zilla writes amazing hooks. Um, I'm really, I really am sort of like in awe of his hook writing ability. Um, it, is something that I think keeps getting stronger with every single record. Uh, there's like a looseness to it and it really fits into all the songs in a really cool way. Um, it's not forced in any way and and I admire the writing that he does on that. Um, Colin's second question is, favorite Megadeth record? Uh, it's probably the only Megadeth record I listen to, which is Peace Cells. It's a fantastic record. It's, to me, the pinnacle of the... The early Big Four records, um, you know, I think it's like my two favorite are probably that and Among the Living. Um, They're just really cool records, and and I really, really love that. Um, Next question is, favorite rappers ever, not best? Wow, did you guys hear that? That was my dog. Um, Favorite rappers ever, not the best, but favorite. Like, who do I enjoy listening to the most? Um, And that's going to be probably... I really like listening to Freestyle Fellowship. They're a really cool act. They do really like creative and wild shit that I just get utter joy out of. Um Souls of Mischief is is another group that I really like is just great to listen to. Um Jay-Z like that like ninety-nine error Jay-Z, like right around like volume three, uh, and the the uh Rock Love Familia record, that Jay-Z versions there is great. Um, (coughs) excuse me, Ghostface, Circa-like, Wu-Tang Forever through probably Bulletproof Wallets is just a joy to listen to, uh, Andre 3000. Um, I mean, my favorites are the ones that I think are the best, quite honestly. Like, I mean, I guess I really love listening to Nori. I don't know if he would be considered technically the best, but I think he does something that's really special and unique. Uh, That nobody else really does. So like, you know, people like that, those are people that I, I really enjoy listening to the most. Um, I kind of stay away from a lot of underground stuff, not because I don't like it. Um, It's just that it's a heavy listen. And I don't have time in my day like that anymore. I'm too old to be listening to heavy shit. Um, So Okay and we're coming to the final two questions and one is uh, how can we stop Castro's levels from clipping in every episode? Uh, Castro's got a mic now he doesn't really clip anymore. so um, I think we I think we've achieved that. And the final question is when when are uh, Dove and I gonna put out a whole record? We need it. Well, Colin, Dove and I are in the process of doing that. We already have 10 songs done, I have another three that we're going to record, uh, I think next weekend, hopefully. And then, you know, we might kind of very well be done with a record at that point. So it's coming. I don't know exactly when it's coming, but it's coming real soon. So keep an eye out for that. Let's take another quick break and we're going to come back with our final question. Color TV, get a car stereo, a CB, Sony, Betamax, TV video game. Get it now during Crazy Eddie's Double Barrel Lincoln and Washington's birthday sale. Shop around, get the best prices you can find, then go to Crazy Eddie and Crazy Eddie will beat them. Call 645 1196. Remember, Crazy Eddie guarantees you the largest selection, professionally staffed service centers, and the guaranteed lowest prices. So go to a Crazy Eddie superstore now during Crazy Eddie's Double Barrel Lincoln and Washington's birthday sale. So we're back with our final question of the night. Uh, and this one comes from Paul Yanakino a.k.a. DJ Paul, a.k.a. Paul, spell it with a W, not with a U, the uh, producer behind the group Hangar 18, which you may or may not know of. Paul wants to know, what the fuck happened to Kanye? So, I think it's not so much what happened to Kanye. I think Kanye's always been crazy. I think he's very much in the the Mike Tyson mold of He had somebody in his life that was able to keep him sort of locked in and medicated or whatever. Like, you know, basically away from latching on to the more impulsive, um, sort of troubled sides of himself. Uh, That's his mom. And when his mom died, he slowly started to erode mentally. Uh, I think, you know, we're definitely looking at somebody who is bipolar, admittedly bipolar, Um, seems to be going through an episode right now. Um, But to me, what's more troubling is the way that the culture at large has um, reacted to Kanye. I think that he has become an avatar for everybody's issues. He's being used by people on... You know, the right side of things, you know, not the right side, meaning the good side the right, like of the political sphere um, to sort of be like, see, like he, he's telling you the truth about these people, uh, but they don't give a shit about him. If he was on the other, you know, when he was like George Bush don't care about black people, he was the biggest villain ever. So they don't actually give a shit about him. They're just using him to further their own cause. And the thing you're seeing on the other side is that you have shitty opinion writers or like think piece type motherfuckers, or just like, you know, I'm going to make a thousand post Twitter thread about this motherfucker, Kanye, and use him to prove my point about why X, Y, and Z is bad. But nobody's addressing the fact that this dude's suffering through mental illness. Nobody's really holding themselves accountable for how they talk about Kanye. Um, You know, Kanye has problems that are not being addressed or seemingly not being addressed, you know, from from the outside perspective looking in. And he's being sort of taken advantage of and used as a symbol of whatever is helping your side of the culture war, which is really kind of fucking disgusting because what's going to happen is eventually something bad is actually going to happen from Kanye. Either he's going to hurt somebody or hurt himself. And all these same motherfuckers are going to still use him to prove their point. And then they're going to be like talking about like, we're going to use him as an avatar for mental illness, or we're going to use him as an avatar for what woke fucking people do to, to other people. And not a single one of them is going to look at their own behavior and how it contributed to this cycle of negative behavior. And it's really fucking disgusting because it's, it's lazy journalists. It's lazy culture warriors. It's lazy fucking bullshit that is driving all of this because honestly, who gives a fuck if Kanye was on, Tucker Carlson. Nobody would even know about that shit unless you all spent all your fucking day talking about it and using him to show how virtuous you are. So, I think we need to really look at what the fuck is wrong with us before we worry about what the fuck is wrong with Kanye. We know what the fuck is wrong with Kanye. He's mentally ill. But what the fuck is wrong with us that we can't control ourselves enough to not make this person The avatar for all the good Or ill in the world Like we're the Fucking problem not Kanye So that's That's you know the episode I'm gonna take you out with a uh, Song that came out I think I was in high school Maybe not maybe I was a little older but um, It's called It's from the band Mucky Pup and it's called I think I love you. At least I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Whatever it is, oh, it's called. You stink, but I love you. Come on, baby. What do you want to say?
1: Tell me. Enjoy. You know I love you. We'll see you next week. Say it. Come on, honey. Let's Mm -hmm. just do it. I said, say it. Well, it's just that you stink. Mm. But I love you.